Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. Thank you very much. It's always a, a great privilege to preach here in C3 Church. So, I, you know, I've said this before, but I just want to say again that uh, when Flora and I were sort of orphans and not knowing where to go, uh, Pastor Lauren and Kelly and And this church opened their arms to us and their hearts to us. And uh, this church is home. It really is. It's home. I want to just take a moment, too, before I read the scriptures to thank all of you for your prayers. Uh, Most of you know that the last two years has been a rather difficult time for us with Flora's health and through two major strokes and uh, major cancer surgery. But we have felt absolutely sustained and carried by the prayers of this church, honest. So I just want to thank you from our hearts for your love and your care and, and your prayers for each of us. <clears throat> I want to take time this morning to read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. And as I read it, I just pray the Holy Spirit will let the words wash over your heart. I believe that the reading of this will be more important than what I have to say about it. So if you want to just listen, follow along, I'll read this beautiful story as recorded by Dr. Luke. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took first, first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. I'd like you to journey with me in your mind across the miles and the years to the manger in Bethlehem where a little child is laying. Joseph and Mary are there by his side. The shepherds who have come from the field are kneeling all around. Wise men begin their journey that will probably last two years, but their focus is on the one in the manger. If you were to stand there with me, I think you would ask the same questions that I would ask. There's three of them I want to ask today. Question number one I would ask, who are you? I mean, who are you that your birth is announced by an angel choir? This is no ordinary child. The second question that I would ask is, why did you come? When you know who he is, then that's the next logical question. Why? Why would you come? And the third question for them and for all of us is what should we do? What's my response? So the first question is who are you? This child upon whom all of history focuses. Who is he? I could take all day today and tomorrow to answer the question because the Bible explains in great detail who he was. But for the sake of time and focus, let me focus on the witness from heaven. That's where he came from, and that's who knew him best. And so the angels repeatedly spoke to people, and in their speaking, they explained who this child was. The angel said to Mary in Luke 1.35, the Holy One. Holy means separate, set apart, absolutely unique. In other words, this one is like no other in all of the entire universe in all history. He is the 
separated, unique, no one like him, one. The Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. If you ask the question, who is this child? The answer is clear. He is the Son of the living God. To Joseph, the angel said, and actually quoting from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, a prophecy 700 years old, said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted or translated means God with us. Who is he? He is God who has come to be with us. The God who spoke the worlds into existence, that God now, a little babe lying in a manger. But there is no question at all about who he is. He is Almighty God, Jehovah, the self-existent one, the eternal one, has come to be with us. Paul later said in 1 Timothy 3 and 16, God, not a part of God or a likeness of God, God was manifested in the flesh. To the shepherds, the angels said in Luke 2 and 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Who is he? He is the Savior. He is the Christ. That is the anointed one, the Messiah. And he is the Lord. Absolute King of kings and Lord of lords. That's who he is. The witness of heaven. Later, as you read the gospel, you discover that three times there came an audible voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son. If you want to know who he is, here is the answer from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's who he is. But it's not all who he is. But that's for now. The second question is, why did you come? Why would Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, why would he come to dwell in a human body? Why? Well, there's several reasons, and I'll share a few with you. First of all, he came because he made a promise. And one thing you can count on God is that he always keeps his promise. When Adam and Eve stood in the garden with their heads bowed with shame because they had sinned and fallen, God made a promise. He said, one day I will send the seed of the woman and he will bruise the serpent's head. 
And when he comes, he will restore everything that you've lost and forfeited. And he said, I'm making you that promise. And when you read through the Old Testament, you hear the whisper on the pages of the Old Testament that someone is coming. Not just someone, but the one is coming. And all through the prophets, there comes the voice that the one who was promised in the garden is coming. And the, the Old Testament closes in the book of Malachi with this promise that the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And then there is 400 years of silence. No prophetic voice. No sound from heaven. And one begins to wonder if God has forgotten about his promise. But God never forgets. He is the faithful God. And Paul said in Galatians that when the time came, the fullness of the time had come. God sent forth his son made of a woman. And he came to keep a promise. The second reason that he came was to reveal God to us. He came to show us what God was really like. John 1.18 says, No one has seen God at any time. That's a statement. It's a fact. But he went on to say, The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. The word declare means he has revealed or he has unveiled him. And when Jesus came to earth, it was like the veil was taken away. And suddenly we were able to see exactly what God was like. John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he went on to say in the 14th verse, and the Word was made flesh, and we beheld him. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He came to tell us what God was like. And so I want you to follow the footsteps of Jesus. I want you to see him touch the lonely leper and you discover what God is like. I want you to observe him as he kneels in the dusty street of Jerusalem by a fallen woman surrounded by men with stones in their hands. And I want you to see him as he kneels down and whispers in her ear, I'll forgive you. I'll change you. I love you unconditionally. And you begin to understand what God is like. The veil is coming off. And when you see him feed the hungry, when you see him care for the poor, 
When you see him take little children in his arms, you see, you begin, you begin to see what God is like. And Jesus came to this world for the purpose of revealing God to us. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Said I and the Father are one. We're absolutely alike. In fact, Hebrews 1.3 said he is the express image of Almighty God. That's why he came to this earth. He came to reveal God to us. The third reason that he came, he came to identify with us. He became one of us so he could understand us. He experienced the entire gamut of human experience. He was lonely. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was tired. He understood pain and hurt and betrayal and rejection and finally death. For 33 years, he walked in our shoes. He came to be one of us. Paul said in Philippians that he humbled himself and took upon him the form and the likeness of humankind. And he humbled himself and became a man even to the point of dying upon a cross. If you ever wonder if he understands you, I want to tell you today that he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. The scripture says we don't have a high priest who doesn't care, but we have one who understands our weaknesses and our infirmities. In fact, he was tempted in every single way like as we are. The only exception is he was without sin. But he came to identify with us. And so I hear the words of the scripture that rise in my spirit, cast your care on him because he cares for you. I hear in my spirit the word of the Old Testament in all of their afflictions, he was afflicted. I hear in my spirit his promise, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll walk with you down that road. I'll hold your hand. I'll clasp you in my arms. I'll pour my grace and my strength into you. I've been there, and now I'm here for you. He came to identify with us. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18 said, he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. And I'm encouraged today to know he understands. He knows my frame. He knows that I'm made out of dust, that I'm prone to failing. But I know that he loves me unconditionally. That his grace is more than enough. And that he understands my path. Now let me wind it up.
The fourth reason he came is to be our Savior. That, of course, was the supreme purpose. He was born not to live but to die. The angel said to Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so when he came and began his earthly ministry and walked along the shores of Galilee, John the Baptist cried out, Behold, everybody listen up, behold, the Lamb of God. That's who he is. And here's why he came to take away the sins of the world. Luke 15, 10 says, The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 2 that he desires all men to be saved. That's God's heart. He wants you to be saved. He desires all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one mediator between God, God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. That's why he came. So the final question is, what are we to do? And the answer is really simple. We are to receive him. When he came the first time, there was no room for him. That's what the Bible says. There was no room for him. John 1, 11 and 12 says he came unto his own, that is, the Jewish people, but his own did not receive him. That's the sad story, but here's the good news. But as many, but as many, no exception, no special requirement. It's an everybody gospel. It's for you. It's for me. Unworthy as we are, but as many, young or old, but as many as received him by an act of their will. To them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Listen to his invitation. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, come. That's always been God's message. From the very first day when he said to Noah, come into the ark. And he said through Isaiah the prophet, come now, let us reason together. All through the Bible, God is saying, come. But Jesus stood and said, come. Come unto me all. No exceptions, no one missed out. That includes you just the way you are. Come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, burdened down with sin and life. He said, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in spirit, and you'll find rest for your soul. Let me say to you today, for all of you that have been searching and haven't yet found the answer, 
You've tried this and that and the other thing. I want to tell you today that Jesus is the answer. He's who you've been searching for. He's the one that'll fill the emptiness of your heart. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's it. He's everything. He's all that you'll ever need for time and for eternity. And he said, come. Come. Come as you are, but come. And finally, I close with this without developing it a great deal. But let me say a couple of things. What are we to do? I believe we are to worship. When you read the story of Christmas, it's all about worship. I'm amazed. When Mary heard that she'd have a child, she began to worship, read the song. Powerful, beautiful song of worship. When the shepherds heard the angels singing in the heavens, the heavens, they were singing a song of worship. And they said, we'll join the choir and we'll go to Bethlehem. And they began to worship. And the wise men who had journeyed for two years, it said when they came into the house, they fell down and they worshiped him. And I believe that this is the season for us to take some time, reflect upon who he is and why he came. And by an act of our will, like Mary of old, it's, Jesus said about Mary, she is chosen. She is chosen. Chosen what? Chosen to worship. Chosen to take her place at his feet. All through the Old Testament, the psalmist talked about the choice he made. And over and over again, he said, I will, I will, I will. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will sing a song unto the Lord. I will lift my hands in the sanctuary. I will worship the Lord. And at this Christmas season, we take this time to worship him. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.